You are listening to Castles and Cryptids, where the castles are haunted and the cryptids are cryptic as fuck. I'm Kelsey. I'm Alana. <laughs> and you have reached episode five of Castles yeah. and Cryptids. And we're just happy we've made it yeah. this far. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> so uh, we, we've heard, you know, the listener, singular. No, I'm just kidding. Stole that from um, Smartless with uh, Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes, and they're always like, "We just, we just lost our yeah. listener, guys." <laughs> and if you but, if you don't understand that reference, but, then you clearly aren't part of our Patreon yet, and you should join so you would understand what our listener is. Oh, did we talk about that when we recorded? Yeah, that? we I did. Kind of forgot. <laughs> we talked about a lot yeah. that was a long ass patreon we episode. haven't edited really good. yet so we don't know how long it's gonna be after it's edited but before it's edited it's four hours long yeah <laughs> let's just say there was a lot of tangents a lot yeah <laughs> um oh the other thing that i remember i told you when we were recording that one that i had a tidbit about I learned after episode two, our first true crime. And you said, tell me when we do episode five. Vaguely. <laughs> okay, well, so my brother Daniel, he said, oh, good job on your episode. He did really yeah. like it. I think I told you that. But then he also said about my case, the monster, the mirror machine, that his friend, uh, he's like, remember my friend, name rhymes with flat and I was like I don't know I guess and he was like yeah well he was uh let me get this right he was Scott Curtis's nephew so at the beginning when Alan Legier went with like was arrested with the first two guys Scott Curtis and Todd Matchett like my brother knew Scott Curtis's nephew I guess and I was like really I have a tangential connection to the yeah. case I just covered. Okay, cool. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, <That's> bro. Cool. <laughs> I was like, I did not. It's cool because, like, I'll listen to, yeah, I keep listening. Or, sorry, my siblings will, like, listen to the episodes and then they'll remind me of something. Like, like he was also like, oh, yeah, I listened to the, he just listened to Your Curse. And with the dolls, and then he's like, oh, I laughed when you talked about how mom buys paintings and stuff from, like, auctions. And he's like, remember that one that looks like it's, like, a, a painting of a doll? And I'm like, oh, yeah, the little cute doll. I usually sleep in the room with it's the painting totally of the cursed. doll. <laughs> <laughs> she looks real friendly. And, and too, because she got it, you said, from, yeah, an auction, it's definitely cursed. Usually, like, an auction or, you know, like a... Like antiquing, like secondhand as shop, as, whatever. Yeah, as long as, as it's a good not option. an estate sale directly. <laughs> it feels like a good present. If it, it may or may not be cursed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only thing I ever get when I go to her house is allergies. And I think that's just like, I don't know if that's, my mom's clean. I don't think it's that, but it's something, you know, it's like, it's a different, um, atmosphere literally like it's so much uh more humid there and that's where I grew up but I'm not as used to it now that I live in the yeah different like plants and (laughs) stuff and different pollens or whatever 
Yeah, exactly. This week is witches. <laughs> Woo! Witchy witches. Which witch is which? Oh, because I was going to say, yeah, I hear you, listener. And I actually did hear from my sister that there, someone was like, are there going to be castles and cryptids? There yeah. needs to be more castles. That's coming soon. So I feel like we're trying to get to some of that. <laughs> yes, there will, we'll be touching on some castles soon. And I think witches are kind of our first foray into the more supernatural beings, if not quite yeah. cryptid. <laughs> but, yeah. So... All right, I have yeah. a beginning for us because I and I have an end because um, we're going chronologically. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't just spit out a sentence that made any sense about that. I'm like, I got some old shit about witches. All right, and I also have um, some notable witches in history, like pop culture, and you know, that's cool. The written word. So. Yeah, to kind of give us some background. So let's start off with a quote I got. Um, oh, shit. Which one was this from? I have a couple of sources. Um, I'm so sorry. I believe this is from, because I referenced there, uh, there was a list on HuffPost about witches in liter- literature, especially like uh, good feminine Examples of witches, oh, like okay. strong female witches. I believe I'll put, I, we always put our sources on our website, but I believe that's where I got this quote from. I'm so sorry. But it's just how it's saying, quote, historians have noted that those accused of witchcraft were predominantly women, especially women who didn't adhere to societal yeah, convention. So, for example, <laughs> those who are, for example, free thinking or older or how dare you do on the way? Imagine. <laughs> it's treacherous being a woman. I don't know if I'd want to go back in time, much as I love the idea. Yeah, of no. Time I want to go to the future. The future uh, can't be I worse. I guess it could. But I would like to hold out hope that the future wouldn't <laughs> be worse. So, Right? Yeah. I'm sure it'll be yeah. different. <laughs> Worse in some ways and better in yeah, others. Yeah, different we'll have problems. Different problems. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do think about it because, like, say, I'm reading, like, Outlander, and then I'm like, would I want to go back 200 years in the past? Like, not that most things would bother me, but then I'm like, how could you, like, knowing knowing what TV is, give yeah. up TV. <laughs> how would you give up that Netflix? <laughs> Netflix hot baths, London fogs, I don't know. So, (laughs) back to my witches. The the three witches from Macbeth, they uh, were on the list of the notable witches, female witches in history, because they're obviously one of the first written about. Yeah. And I I like their little, I like Shakespeare's little lines about them and I like how they repurpose them in like Harry Potter when they do the little song something wicked this way come and they make it a whole like their whole choir is singing it oh I don't remember that from Harry Potter (laughs) oh that's the choir and they're going like it's like a big harmony so I can't really do it but they're all doing double double toil and trouble fire burn and cauldron (laughs) <laughs> and then it goes, 
me with you this way comes and it's like the straight lines oh, from like funny but i don't know when they do the whole flyer it's obviously way better <laughs> than what i just friggin <laughs> anyway so that one's cool oh yeah because the, the lines are double double oil and trouble fire burn and cauldron bubble and then by the pricking of my thumbs something wicked this way comes um so the uh, the next one on their list was Elphaba from Wicked. I think I'm saying that right, but I haven't seen Wicked, either the play or read this book. Wicked, The Life and Times of the Wicked Witch oh, of the Beelzebub? West by Gregory Maguire. The, I think it's, the, her name is, looks Elphaba. like it said Elphaba. E-L-P-H-A-B-A. And it's The Wicked Witch of the West. So yeah, I see like the, the movie Wizard posters. Oz, I, I never really got I don't the know. whole wicked play thing, so yeah, yeah, I think she's the wicked witch of the West, but then that's on the list too. So I don't know. I don't know Wicked very well. I'm very sorry I'm butchering it. <laughs> I will have to see it if it's on probably Disney one day. <laughs> um yeah, like a lot of the, like, I think Hamilton's on there, because I was watching Sound of Music, and then it obviously suggested me all the other I, musicals that I might During the first lockdown, I watched that. Hamilton, and I actually really liked it. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, it's like four well, hours long. Musicals though. can be awesome. Yeah, yeah so Sound of Music really good. Too, and I fucking if love anybody that. has, like, watched it, <laughs> slash listened to it, my favorite is um the you'll never be satisfied song um yeah they do like people talk about it part of they do like a whole scene and then it like cuts to and it's like a solo Mm -hmm. so like everybody's like frozen and it's at the wedding of like hamilton um and then so she's like doing a toast so they do the toast and it like stops and like you hear like and like everything rewinds and like all the actors on stage do all of the motions they just did for like probably a full 30 seconds like the last 30 seconds they do all of it in reverse and then they like go to a different point and oh, wow. then they show like seven other scenes that they've covered through the beginning of the play but they cover it from her point of view and how she was feeling which you never knew and stuff so over the span of three minutes, oh, they reverse cute. the entire play and then re-reverse it back to that point again as she's finishing the toast, like it never happened. So it was like a flashback. Yeah, it's amazing. But on stage. Like, Holy shit. Yeah, even without context, like it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it obviously was such a smash success that like I know I've heard of a lot of the names of the songs um, and I know who Lynn mm-hmm. manuel Miranda is and didn't he work with The Rock in a movie? I definitely, like, I know sort of all around it, but I still haven't yeah. seen it. So I know. It's, it's pretty that's good. Like, I'm missing it. I'm normally not <laughs> one to enjoy plays or anything, but yeah, it was it was good. It was funny. It had a lot of, like, relatable humor where you could tell it wasn't, like, exactly historically accurate about, like, dialogue and, like, what they're doing because they had like a historical debate with Hamilton and some other people and they had it like it was a rap battle including like a mic drop at the end like 
that's cool because it's like it reimagines something that makes it super Absolutely. more palatable yeah, for really modern good. people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Relatable. <laughs> yes. Um, but we digress. So <laughs> there's Circe. Uh, that's C-I-R-C-E. And this one's Game from the Thrones. Odyssey by Homer, not from I was gonna the say. King's Landing. Exactly. <laughs> but... I believe she's the inspiration, however. He was described as a, quote, bit of a predator, (laughs) unquote. Uh, So bewitching with her beauty, she cursed men into animals and other fun things. Yeah. I think I've seen a book about that that I really meant to read. Like, maybe it was at the chapters, you know, the staff picks. Yeah. And I was like, I should read that. But I haven't yet. (laughs) So next is... Strega Nona by Tommy de pa- Paola. Roughly translated, it means Grandma Witch in Italian. Oh, there was some note about it. Nona is her actual name or something. I don't know. I think Nona means Grandma. That's the part that sounds like Grandma to me, but I don't, I don't speak Italian. I apologize. So, she's fun, though. She, cur- she cures villages Villages, villagers, and all the people in the village of ailments and illnesses. She feeds herself out of an (laughs) endless pasta pot. However, her unhelpful servant ends up unleashing oceans of spaghetti on the town, so she makes him eat it all. She just sounds strange. (laughs) Oceans of spaghetti. And curing the people. (laughs) <laughs> Oceans 14, Oceans of Spaghetti. Is that one also starring Sandra Bullock and Rihanna? <laughs> and Dragonona is George Clooney's like nanny that helps him with his two kids in this little town <laughs> that he lives in in Italy. Because he does like. <laughs> yeah. I think we've got something here. Um, oh. Next. Which of note on this list is Serafina Pecola from His Dark Materials, which I haven't read. So I'm sorry if I said that wrong. She does sound like Elsa, sort of, lives super long. Cold doesn't really bother her. That's, that's another tie-in to Lin-Manuel Miranda, because he is an actor on His Dark Materials. Yeah. It's a show? Um it sounds yeah. like a, you it's, know, like a Shadowhunter book or something. like, put off as, like, the next Game of Thrones or something when it start, was planning to come out. And then, I don't know, I watched, like, half the first episode and couldn't get into it. Yeah. Hmm. Not Didn't from get what I like watching really, okay. like, clued into. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I know how, I haven't seen it yet, so I can't really judge or not uh Hermione Granger that is you know one that almost goes without saying but Harry Potter super smart (laughs) cool witch and then we have Mrs. Witch from A Wrinkle in Time and not technically a witch but an otherworldly figure who sometimes chooses to appear as a witch and it's spelled slightly differently so you know no more like witch peanut gallery oh, okay. w h 
I C H. Wait. Yeah. W H I C H. Yeah. Like, all right. Which way do you spell it? <laughs> Sorry. That took me a minute. Okay. And then there's uh, Morwen from the Enchanted Forest Chronicles by Patricia C. Reed. And I didn't, I wasn't familiar with her either, but I got from the article that she refused to only own one cat as a familiar, fills her house with cats, and makes a potion <laughs> to understand her cat's okay. thoughts. No word on whether she can extend this to dogs, because that's what I'd want to know. What the hell my dog's yeah. meaning when he says, Yeah, oh, some pretty oh, sad oh. little... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And other times where you're like, wow, you're really yeah. telling me something. He's like, got a with an exclamation bark. point. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, some power behind it. And then like they're kinda like Akitas are kinda like uh huskies are in the way that they kind of yeah. do that more talking. Where they're not barking, they're like you're like, you are yeah. saying something. I'm just You not are sure speaking what it in is. paragraphs. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> All right. So there's the White Witch from the Chronicles of Narnia. I have read those. Yeah. They're good books. And then they made a couple of yeah. the okay movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she, her name was Jadis. Uh, when she wasn't just called the White Witch. <laughs> She's the one who made it endless winter in Narnia, but never Christmas. Winter is Christmas. <laughs> and just like Game of Thrones, it'll be a thousand <laughs> years of winter. Oh, God. When, sounds like COVID. Always winter, <laughs> never Christmas, never allowed to go outside. But we don't get any Turkish delight. Have fun. <laughs> All right. <laughs> And then there's The Witches from The Witches by Roald yeah. Dahl. That just got redone, too. I haven't seen the new version. I love her. Mm -hmm. With Annie Hathaway. I've loved her since, like, Ellen. Yeah, Chanted, she's really good. So. Um, it was, like, one of the first movies I actually remember watching in theaters oh, was yeah. Ellen Enchanted. So, yeah. Yeah. It seems to be almost most known oh, yeah. for the Delva Wears Prada. Well, of course, that one gets referenced it's her a lot. And Meryl Streep and yeah, I can't. I can't remember the you other girl's play a funny... name. Yeah, sorry. Ah! Yes, Emily Blunt. Why could I? Emily Blunt's in it. Emily Blunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she looks different. Because her hair is like red, so she looks very different. Mm-hmm. And she got to play a really fun role in the Ocean's Eight. I thought, I thought she got. Yeah, to I did not. Kind of have spoiler some fun alert with that character. Did not see it coming that she knew about. They had told her about it the whole time. So the other girls are like freaking out, trying to be like all this stuff, and then at the end, right? Because I don't, I don't think it was like the whole whole time that like it like because they were playing on yeah. her at first and. Like, oh, yeah, she's going to have the well, necklace on, but then quickly. by the end of it, she catches yeah. on to them. And It was pretty quick. But you're right, she was she in it for a like, while. Told that? about it because she figured it out something weird was going on. 
and she asked one of the girls and then the girl that she asked I can't remember who like didn't let on that they had told her so like only like two people um knew yeah Sandra Bullock yeah you're yeah. right and they and reveal like, it well, not till like the end joining a of book the club. movie mm-hmm. and it was just like oh god <laughs> like yeah oh I feel attacked we barely talked about the books we just got together (laughs) ate appetizers drank a bunch of wine exactly yeah talked about it's the best kind of book club yeah we'd be like I hate the character or not and move on I hate the ending whatever (laughs) oh sorry (laughs) okay next is Agnes Nutter from Good Omens. Did you ever watch that? The Nice and Accurate Prophecies of Agnes Nutter. Oh. Comma, which. Nope. I told you. By Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. This is the book. I love it. That's amazing. I know. I love the actors. I know. I know. I know. I know. know. And he, like, helped write the scripts for the episodes. Is it? To be fair, I think I didn't have Prime when it first came out or somewhere where I could watch it. I feel yeah. like that might have been an issue because I know I really, really wanted to. It's good. And then, yeah, for whatever reason. Anyway. Um, okay, so I can't really... T- well, all I have on this one... Oh, okay. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. Then. <laughs> it's like, because they just said she was a spin on like the prophetess Cassandra who had been cursed with accurate predictions that no one believed. And did th- this Agnes Nutter... She's I don't know. like... I just have in brackets. Um, yeah. Making Sorry. all these prophecies and stuff. And she writes like in the, her book that you just said. And then um, she gets accused of like being a witch. And they show up to her door. And she's like, you're half an hour late and stuff. And so they, so she goes to the task. <laughs> oh, I like that. And she just takes it because she knew it was going to happen. But she had written down all of the prophecies um, from like that point all the way up until the world was supposed to end so that her ancestors could like prevent the end of the world. But it also had predictions in there to make them a whole lot of money. So, but her predictions are all like written uh, quote unquote in an earlier episode, like old timey, which I'm sure there'll be tons of in this episode. so, like, there's one that says, like, in the year whatever, there will be an apple that will come about in a garage. And this apple shall be an apple that cannot be eaten, but it will be found in every home and stuff. Well, like, and you should invest, like, and you should invest in it. Oh, and she had written it, like, 300 years earlier. Well, her ancestors heard about a company called Apple, so they invested into it and became millionaires. Stuff like that. Holy shit. It took me a really long time to figure out. I was yeah. like, what do you mean an apple everybody will so, like, have all in their home? So like all these prophecies for like ancestors oh have spent like okay. hundreds of years like decoding all of these and like crossing out which ones and like writing the date of like when they came true and like what they were in reference to. Yeah. I love that. That's so cool. Prophecies are so cool. Okay, so that's kind of, that makes sense because I had written here from what I had read about her on the article. 
like you yeah. said, accurately predicted her own death by burning at the stake. And then I had written and filled her clothes with explosives yeah. that killed her executioners. I didn't want to spoil that. Like, Bad ass. Um, yeah, she fills her. She fills oh. her skirt with the nails oh, and gunpowder. And then when they take her to the stake, she's like, "Everybody, gather around, come closer." Oh. Like everything. And then when they burn her, she like literally explodes. <laughs> Oh, she yeah. becomes a human nail bomb. That's awesome. Okay, I'm gonna watch it. Sorry, yeah, I didn't realize it was like a yeah, yeah a spoiler. I was just like writing down. I'm like, oh, this yeah, it cool. has like <laughs> witches throughout. Like one oh, of her sweet. ancestors and everything is oh a character in the show, and then one of the witch hunters or whatever is like, um, there's a couple witch hunters in like modern time that are in the show, and one of them's like. A descendant of the witch hunter that accused Agnes Nutter of being a witch, but he doesn't know he's the descendant of the witch hunter. Yeah, and it's like, um. Oh, but she does. <laughs> he his name is Witch oh, Hunter. Thou shalt not commit adultery. That's his name. <laughs> yeah. So like. That was the witch hunter what? that accused Agnes Nutter of being a witch. Was thou shalt not a commit adultery. That was his name. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous show. Oh. Hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Now all I have is honorable mentions. These were ones I okay. thought were pretty significant over the years. Samantha from the Bewitched show. So, obviously, that was pretty popular in the, I want to say, Yeah, in the 90s, I think. They, not that's sure. when they redid it with Will <laughs> um, Ferrell or whatever. Back when Will Ferrell was a romantic comedy. Oh, yeah, movie. Nicole Kidman. Oh, yeah. As a movie. I like yeah. him. He's not, he's hilarious, but maybe not a leading, handsome you know, love interest men. Yeah. You know, maybe those days are a little over. <laughs> Sorry. I shouldn't say that. We love you, Will. Damn it. <laughs> He'll never do our podcast now. We just lost Damn Will Ferrell as a listener. <laughs> so, uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah. Boy, might as well just stop now. He was our only one. <laughs> Besides my family. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Actually, cool. I think we have a listener from a new state last time I looked. Sorry, I get really excited about that kind of stuff. <laughs> we have like Washington, Michigan, Florida. Um, That's cool. What is it? Texas and Virginia. You don't know any of those people. Exactly. Thank you, listeners. Yeah. Whether you're one or two from each place, I don't know, but I love it. <laughs> All right. So Sabrina the Teenage Witch, yeah, I used to read about yeah. her. Like, I used to read Archie comics. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like stuff with a lot of killing, okay? <laughs> and, and, um, no. The Witches of Eastwick. Have you seen that movie? <clears throat> it's pretty old. It's from like the 80s, I think. And it's got, I love it. I love it because oh, I really love Cher, I think the only and she's one in it, and I've seen a lot of movies she's done. Oh, yeah, mm. I think that's Flash? it. Oh, 
I don't know. I can't remember. I thought I knew all the yeah. ones she was in. I don't remember if she was. Anyway, I'm not talking about that one. <laughs> this one's their witches. There's her and um, with this one, it's Cher and Michelle Pfeiffer, as I like to say, and Susan Sarandon. And they are like scorned by Jack Nicholas or something. So they're like basically playing with him and kind of torturing him and that sounds great magic tricks on him the whole movie so it's it's cool i know <laughs> it's fun i really liked it okay uh then there's the witch the 2015 yes. film with anya or anya taylor yeah. joy that one was that one was pretty good no. it wasn't maybe what i expected good. i love her Yes, she's excellent. She's yeah, excellent. It was for me. It was yeah, either it was that or I saw her. Thoroughbred. Um, I saw her in. Oh, yeah. I think I wanted to see Fucking that. Was up. that the one where they're like sociop- sociopath? Yeah. Nice, nice. Which is kind of like Heather's, maybe. Okay. Which is the one that I know. Yeah, my this is more is like fan of. <laughs> detached kind of thing. Like, they're both, like, emotionally oh. detached from everything. And they're just like, we're friends. And I'm going to teach you how to fake cry, oh. like, on command. Yeah. And then they're like, let's commit murder. Like, yeah, he is. It was his. Is Anton Yeltskin in that, too? That was the movie he was filming. Really... And he had pretty yeah. much just finished his scenes when he passed away. Yeah. Because they were still editing the movie. And stuff when he died. So I think from what I can remember, that was the last movie he was filming. It wasn't the last one of his that was released, but it was the last one he was filming. I think so. That sounds right. But yeah, I just, I really loved him. I felt like he was taken way too soon. I was like, man, he was like, what, 27? Part of that, like, you know, rock stars usually die at that age. Parking brake or whatever on his vehicle malfunctioned and his vehicle was parked on an incline or something and it ran him over mm-hmm. yeah yeah i liked him yeah, i liked him in the star trek him. reboots and so um fright night oh oh rip okay. i know i'm sorry i will uh, I, I gotta get through this <laughs> all right <laughs> so what did i say the witch with anya taylor joy uh the craft we recently watched both okay. the old and then watched the new one version of that. I can't remember if I did watch this or not. Probably yes. The Last Witch Hunter with Vin Diesel. <laughs> um, no. I don't think it was that big of a box office success of his. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next one, though, yes, I have seen and read A Discovery of Witches by Deborah Harkness. So it's a trilogy and then it's now a series on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I keep seeing stuff and about it. It's got done season two. Yeah, it's I think it's really cool and I think a lot of people that like like I'm a big fan of like Outlander and I like this one a lot too and there's some like similarities in the writing and the strong female characters and maybe there's a bit of time traveling in both of them you know stuff like that so i I really like it um well um definitely they kind of approach witches vampires demons a little differently like they get into 
um, some modern like biology where they're trying to study the different creatures as they call it. So I thought that was a yeah, cool angle that I hadn't about, like, really seen before like that much. No, and for them they have like like I say demons, but they're like they're more like say like a wow compared to like a, an autistic person that's really smart, like a savant. Like yeah, they're like say they're like really really talented, but they like kind of have ADHD, like they're kind of erratic personalities. They're not like demons, like <laughs> fallen angels or demo- yeah. It's it's a totally kind of. <laughs> different spin yeah. and it's not like sparkly vampires they're like no I don't fucking sparkle thank you <laughs> yeah yeah I, I told that I'm to over Pat, Twilight like, you, you'd I'm appreciate done. that part <laughs> I, I used to be obsessed with yeah. it it was so 2008 move on people <laughs> <laughs> yeah move over okay and then there was also the covenant that was a witch movie that I had to ask Pat if yeah. we'd seen because I was like Sebastian Stan, you know, like Winter Soldier, Bucky Barnes. Apparently, I don't think it. I've seen it's it. From two thousand six, though, I don't remember watching it, but might have to rewatch. Yeah, these are just kind of the ones that came up when I was like, I was already looking at like some witch movies, but then somewhere from my head, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, so some of them I hadn't thought of though in a while, uh, like Practical Magic. I don't know if I've actually seen that, but I know I, it's famous. Yeah, I watched that. Don't at me. <laughs> um, last Sandra year Bullock before Halloween, because I tried to make a list of a bunch of like Halloween movies I hadn't seen. So I watched that. It was actually really good. I liked it. Yeah. Oh. It was nice. It was fun. It was like a oh, okay. a light kind of like movie. <laughs> yeah kind of like a bewitched thing it was it okay was that's the impression i kind of got from the cover and stuff unlike the next one on my wi- yeah. list which i didn't yeah. remember had witchcraft hereditary have you seen that yeah i barely like got through yeah. it i wasn't expecting for when the kid's fucking like dying from anaphylactic shock spoiler alert and then she like gets her head See, lopped off anytime somebody puts their head out the window like okay in i'm a movie, shook. i immediately think something bad's gonna happen because i'm like this isn't a rom-com like <laughs> i literally didn't flinch oh no kelsey like, was just stoically like yeah this is gonna happen yeah i don't know sometimes you're so expressionless i'm like whoa <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was like Robot. sitting there, and then I was like, "That was terrible CGI." That was like my response to it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. She was annoying. I was like, "They didn't just <laughs> fucking do that." Oh, this reminds me when we were in book club, and I'd be like, "Oh my god, the main <laughs> character!" And then like sometimes like the rest of you guys would be like, "It was fucking stupid." <laughs> he was a real idiot or whatever, and I'd be like. Oh yeah, you're right. She did kind of do some questionable things. A couple Count, of like books that else. were my favorites from book club, and stuff that nobody else really enjoyed that I really liked. So, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then I have the Blair Witch Project. Can't go anywhere without at least mentioning that. That was obviously yeah. iconic in that it was different. It was like one of the first mm-hmm. found footage style movies. It's like its own genre it's, of it's horror movie thing. now. Mm-hmm. And... exactly yeah which can be quite terrifying yeah. 
because you can only see what you know they can yeah one of my favorite um (laughs) it's not not really a horror movie it's more of like a thriller um i don't know if i ever told you about it's called i see you it's like told in like three parts Uh, where like the first part is a family that's being like terrorized and everything and like as a side plot there's like a serial killer in town that suddenly like or is like active and the dad is like a police investigator so he's investigating this and it kind of like ties in and then the second half you find out like um like the second or not the second half the second like part of the three kind of parts that I view the movie as shows the first part from a different perspective that's totally not related to like the family that's being terrorized. It's like told from a different point of view. And then the third part kind of, cause the first part and the second part end at the exact okay. same spot. So like they're kind of told simultaneously but they tell it as like a first act because it really should be told that way. And then the second act definitely has to be told that way. And then the third act picks up and now it's everybody's point of view. And you're just like, oh my God, I did not see that coming. There's like more than one like full 100% like plot twist and stuff in it. Like if you actually go, I was surprised because I forgot the plot of the movie. And I looked up the trailer on YouTube because I was like, I don't even remember what this movie was about. And all of the comments on it were like, this is actually one of the best like thriller movies I've ever seen. And there wasn't a single comment being like, this movie was boring or it was stupid. Like, you know how like people, like especially in YouTube comments, like shit on movies all the time. (laughs) This had like none of that like not a single comment and every comment was like you have to go watch this right now like do yourself a favor go watch this right now like wow yeah that's like i heard was listening to something earlier and they said that this show that ended up getting canceled by like the stars network i think because that's what i was they were talking about anyway was the stars network yeah um they said it had a hundred percent on rotten tomatoes and yet they canceled it i was like oh some weird shit happened. I don't remember if I've yeah. seen that. I'll have to look in our movie collection here because that's such a movie buff and yeah. you are a huge movie buff. And I, I get the same way where I'm like, have I seen this? Yeah. <laughs> it's a good one. You guys, I yeah. think, would yeah, both like, really like it. <laughs> yeah. Because it actually, that's like, funny. it ends up being pretty simple, like, kind of thing. Okay. It's not like a horror movie. It's not, like, necessarily jump scares or anything. But it's a good, like, just what the fuck is going on? Like, just what? Like, really? Hmm. Okay, now I'm okay. thinking of one that... All right, okay. No, I don't yeah, know if I've good. seen it. I, I like may the have. cover of the movie, too. I will That's let you know. why I watched it. It's because of the <laughs> movie really cover. I'm intrigued, though. <laughs> That's all it takes. Of course. <laughs> this is how you had to pick movies back in the day. You had to judge it by the cover and the back flap. I watched a documentary on Blockbuster recently. There's yeah. there's still one left open in the world. It's in like Bend, Oregon. And it was a neat documentary. I was like, oh yeah, like they talked about it was a whole thing. You went out for the night. Everybody had to try and agree on one or maybe you got to pick one or two. And Yeah, my, uh, yeah. my like, parents like always took me and my brother experience. like once a week to go <laughs> and, then and we each got to pick like two yeah, movies sorry. for the week. 
Um, there was a neat part about it, though, where it was like, they were talking about how it's, it's decline and stuff like that of the video rental world. And then at one point, I believe, uh, what is it? They were, they were offered, Blockbuster was offered to buy Netflix for like, oh, I think I remember that. Like, yeah. Nah, it's not going to go anywhere. But you know the why guy. Netflix was made, right? <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah, it was a guy that had an overdue fee at Blockbuster mm, and he refused to pay it. Why? And he kept getting mad and that they wouldn't give him any movies because he had an overdue fee. Okay, yes. I think yeah, maybe they did Netflix, talk about that. I was just uh, like, wait, what do you, why When what Netflix they? was first no, starting, yeah, they let you do movie funny. rentals. Like, so you could, instead <laughs> of like if you didn't have a computer, you could contact Netflix and give them your mailing address and they'd mail you a copy of the movie for like a month. And then you just had, they'd send you a return thing to return it back to them. They still do this. It's very rare, but mm -hmm. yeah, I was just going to say, because literally they had the content picker guy for Netflix yeah. on the smart, uh, smart list show that I was talking about at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> Like a few people still do the DVDs. They obviously live in places where yeah. the internet, the broadband is, yeah. you know, not good, or they're or they're seniors or whatever. All right. <laughs> so my last ones on significant in pop culture throughout history is one of the more recent ones to kind of resurge onto the scene. So I've got a little bit of a shallow dive on. Miss No, but Agatha didn't we just talk Harkness. about her earlier? Do you know who that is? No, but wasn't No, we talked about Agatha no, Nutter. A... Who was we the talked one about author Agatha... of, one of the books you said was Harkness? Deborah Harkness. Yes. It's interesting that she wrote a book about witches, Deborah Harkness, when her name comes up in a lot of yeah. witchy stuff. It comes up like Several times in I my just, segment alone. I just want to say though <laughs> too. Here with the witch from witch, Hansel and Gretel, Agatha Harkness, who's fictional. Yeah. Or or the new movie yeah. Gretel and Hansel. Oh yeah, that's true. I like that one. It was good. Oh. It was like. It was like if you that. took a hipster and was like, "We're gonna make okay. a sort of." It's on Pat's watch list like thriller okay. movie about Hansel and Gretel. We're going to name it Gretel and Hansel, but we're going to make everything look really pretty. <laughs> cinematography will get me in a movie. Like, oh, you love your good movie cinematography. With, with subtitles <laughs> of a language I don't understand just because two scenes of it look so pretty. <laughs> and I saw a screenshot online. No. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I'll just watch a movie and I'll be like, oh, that was kind of a cool shot. And that's okay. like the most I think about. <laughs> Give me your shallow dive. Every <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> Agatha Harkness. Those of you who watched WandaVision okay. recently know that she's uh, from Marvel Comics. At least she's here. Mm hmm. So, yeah. Along with, yeah, that whole Deborah Harkness author, too. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, she, so she was in the original Marvel comics, and then she was recently brought to life on screen, by played by Catherine Hahn, who I love and did an amazing job. She was 
Yeah. Oh, just like so creepy by the time she got into her whole witchy self. <laughs> it was awesome. Okay. So from her online Marvel history, I got <laughs> the following. Agatha Harkness was old enough to remember 500 years before Atlantis sank to the bottom of the sea. Now, this will be like, like, it's a little different than she wasn't like the whole main thing in WandaVision. She just, she was like yeah. Wanda's neighbor. And then it came out later that like, no, she's a witch too, but she was hiding that from Wanda. And then, yeah, so she <laughs> kind of taught Wanda a thing or two, but then they had a battle at the end. And then Wanda was like, oh, thanks for teaching me that. Now I'm going to kick your ass kind of thing. <laughs> basically um and then thing killed her holy shit i can't remember it's been a couple weeks now <laughs> yeah. so um okay so agatha harkness old enough to remember 500 years before atlantis sank to the bottom wow. of the sea which is reportedly about yeah. 10,500 bc yes how bc works <laughs> Just kidding. Just okay. Uh, back then, she had contact with this cosmic being named Scryer, who had promised her that he would return whenever needed, only to be apparently destroyed. Although Scryer resurrected, Harkness gave him up for dead at the time. So, the Salem witch trials. In the 17th century, Harkness I settled into the English colony of Salem, case. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. <laughs> Massachusetts. How to say it? <laughs> That's great. I know. I might just slip, but sometimes we call it taxitudes. It's I've not any easier that. to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not like, oh my God. I've never been there, but I've just heard these things or I've heard them referred to as mass holes people that live there <laughs> i don't think this was on tv don't at me all right <laughs> she formed her own coven of witches hoping to freely practice magic in the new world in 1692 a.d she and her group were persecuted by the puritans during what became known as the salem witch trial she encountered the mutant hero firestar when she was accidentally when firestar was accidentally sent back in time while fighting the sphinx Believing her to be a witch, the Puritans tried to burn Firestar at the stake. She fought back, but was saved by Agatha, leading her to safety. So Agatha reveal, revealed that she approved of the trials, believing them necessary for the magical people to grow stronger. She even sent some of her coven to call the weak. Yeah. Yeah. Just not very nice in the comments. Or at all, I think. <laughs> Firestar to join her, but she refused. Firestar begged Agatha to find another option. Sorry. Her pleas did not fall on deaf ears, and Agatha agreed and settled the town of New Salem, secret magical community in what would be known as Colorado. That I took straight from the Marvel yeah. background, and then basically, like, it was long. I was not reading it all. But she basically becomes the most powerful sor sorceress in this community. She took this uh, man as a husband, name unknown, and they had a son, Nicholas Scratch. And at the end of World War II, she was recruited by U.S. Army Major Alan Decor 
Dakor to join the Department of the Uncanny and Von help Hate. stop the threat of Hilda Von Hate. <laughs> Very Von creative. Hate. Just putting Von. Von Hate. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like like an Austin Powers name. It's like um, yes. <laughs> oh no! Now I. What was it? Oh, a lot of vagina. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. She became a nanny and looked after a baby belonging to the Fantastic Four. Okay, so then that's what everyone really wants to know is what happens with her and Scarlet Witch in the actual comic. So eventually, this group called Salem Seven took over the new Salem community again. They captured Agatha and killed her by burning her at the stake. In an ensuing battle between the Scarlet Witch and Salem Seven, the entire community's energies were drawn into Vertigo of the Seven, who lost control of them. I don't know what that means. Maybe he can put them in his void. Like, what's your name? Janet. That's a good place. So Wanda managed to capture some of the energy and funnel it away, but the entire town was still decimated. Wanda channeled the remaining energy to set in motion her becoming pregnant with her synthesoid husband's children. That is kind of not what happened in WandaVision. In WandaVision, she had like imaginary kids with vision from Marvel, like in her, like, she was basically imagining the whole town in one division. She created it out of her chaos magic. Um, so later, Agatha resurfaced, avoiding explanations for her return from the dead. She claimed that Scarlet Witch's children were actually fragments of the soul of Mephisto and wiped Wanda's memory of her children she- rather than fight to free the two from Mephisto when he reabsorbed yeah. the two. Oh, comic books. Who comes up with this stuff? <laughs> Later, Agatha resurfaces, declines to say how she came back. Oh, sorry. I guess I kind of said that in the, or they already covered that. She, yeah, she wipes Wanda's minds of her children's memory. That ultimately leads to her demise after Wanda confronts Agatha about her kids. Nick Fury finds Agatha Harkness's body in Scarlet Witch's home, clearly murdered by Wanda, who was her former student. And apparently later she's resurrected again. Yeah. So it sounds complicated and almost just like kill them in new and interesting ways. Supernatural. Way they just keep season, coming back from the dead. And they'll just one up each other for the last <laughs> ten years of their lives. Yeah. Yeah. I'm your twin. I was in a coma. It's like every good soap opera. Like, <laughs> loophole. <laughs> so we're going to start. Like, um, I watched this cool show on Amazon Prime. Um, hang on. I'll tell you what it's called. It was, it was called Witches, A Century of Murder. And it was on Prime on the Sundance channel. So it was cool. It's just it like focused on all around the UK, which is I guess where all this stuff started way back in the 1500s. So yeah, it did. <laughs> Let's go to Scotland in the 1500s, and King James the Sixth. So he was actually um, the son of Mary, Queen of Scots, and Henry Stuart. 
Oh, okay. the Stuart line. Yeah. I'm familiar with the Stuarts from Outlander because that the Scottish rebellions were fought to keep them on the throne instead of, it was like when, well, we're going to talk about it right now, but because Scotland and England and all that, like, united, but that wasn't what all the Scots all wanted, right? So then there was some <laughs> rebellions fought. Um, so actually, fun fact, King James is officially known as King James the Sixth and the First <laughs> because he was King of Scotland from 24th of July, 1567, and became King of England and Ireland from the Union of the Scottish and English Crowns on the 24th of March, 1603, until his death in 1625. I think he was like the last king of Scotland before Scotland became part of the UK kind of thing. Oh, okay. So, so in 1589, King James's new wife needs to be fetched back to Scotland from her home in Denmark. He had sent ships for her, but each time severe storms caused them to be shipwrecked. He finally went after her himself and was besieged by storms again. Um, in her home country of Denmark, there was a book in the Danish library called the Malleus Maleficarum. It's also known as the Hammer of Witches. Thank you, Wikipedia, for the Hammer of Witches title. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the book said that witches were very real. The author Heinrich Kramer asserts that they were heretics who made their pact with the devil. Two women were arrested on suspicion of witchcraft in Copenhagen and they claimed to be responsible for the various storms that had plagued King James on his trip to get his new wife, Anne. Um, they said that Saint Satan wanted him dead. Oh. So those two women, <laughs> I know, it's rough. No one said why. Yeah, <laughs> just because. So, yeah, we don't like you. Because he's the first and uh, the sixth. <laughs> he's the 16th. Mm, he's not yet. This is 1589. Oh. Anyway, uh, so they, along with five others, were also executed for the same crime. So my next one, if anybody reads Outlander, they might actually be familiar with the name because there was a woman named Galus Duncan who appears as a character of a witch in Outlander, Scottish witch and time traveler. Um... <laughs> But anyway, this person was a real person who was accused of witchcraft by her employer, a man named David Seaton. In November of 1590, he became suspicious of her when he noticed that she would leave at night for unknown reasons. He also thought it's very strange how an uneducated woman would suddenly acquire healing knowledge. By God reading. She learned something. Yeah, by, by trying to her. educate herself because you just called her uneducated. Oh, no, exactly. I know that was, I put that in quotes because I know that was someone else's <laughs> words. <laughs> um, it's like I found an article on this one too. But anyway, Seton interrogated her, but she declined to admit to any witchcraft. So what did they do to this poor young woman? They tortured her, of course. Of course. Of course. Um, so they used a few different methods, like, him and some, I think his son and some other cronies used thumb screws on her 
or is one article called yeah those are actually in um in good omens they show those so they were like little tiny um handcuffs for your thumbs that um it essentially like it was like one whole piece you just like kind of like put your hands out and they would like attach it to your thumbs and then oh, i've seen thumb cuffs yeah yeah I've seen... but then it has like a little yeah. screw that like tightens so you can't wiggle your oh. thumbs in them or something oh no yeah yeah that's not good Apparently, they were also known by the term pillywinks, which makes them sound a lot less creepy, but yeah. knowing what they are, <laughs> I don't like it. So, when this didn't produce the desired result, they proceeded to employ another um, tactic they called wrenching. This involves binding the victim's head with rope, like, wrapped in all directions, and then using those ropes to apply pressure. So you could even grab the rope, brace your foot, and they're pulling on the rope and exerting such, sorry, force on the, the skull that they're basically slowly crushing her skull. Oh, Jesus. It was not good. Even the reenactment was like, oh, I don't like this. That looks horrible. Yeah, these people were creative. I know. It's like... I think that may have been the problem is this just gave sadistic people an outlet. Yeah. To get away with this shit. Yeah. So sadistic and rapey. He ripped her clothes off and searched for a witch's mark. So it could be a mole or just a birthmark. Anything they could say was a witch's mark. In Good Omens, they call that a third nipple. The the one (laughs) witch finder runs around and he goes, how many nipples does she have? (laughs) <laughs> oh no but Krusty from the Simpsons had a third nipple oh gosh and my superfluous third nipple he's a witch but it's both <laughs> you're a wizard Krusty have you gotten to the wine and crime yet where they get to their catchphrase where they talk about why they say not a witch yes basically it. the story for those that haven't listened to wine and crime was just like they were at some well, it's really funny. I mean, I think you guys listened to them, but like they were at some Halloween type event and this old lady that really looked like a witch was handing out like candy and the little kids and they were like going like, not a witch, not a witch. Oh no, I'm just, just handing out candy, but I'm not a witch. <laughs> not a witch. <laughs> I don't know. It's funny. They do, it's, it's funnier. But, I, yeah. I was thinking about that multiple times when I was researching <laughs> my case. Not a witch. <laughs> yeah. Not a witch. You do you. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Be proud to be a witch. All right. So uh, looking for a witch's mark, which if it can be a mole or a birthmark, well, then hello, I would definitely be in trouble. I have a mole on my cheek. Yeah. (laughs) They wouldn't have to look far. (laughs) They wouldn't have to rip your clothes off to find it. No, but if they did, they would find even more. (laughs) Yeah, I have quite a few moles. Like. I think almost everybody does. Exactly. It's the sun. Okay, so of course they found something. In her case, it could have even been like, it was like something on her throat. So it could have even been like a hickey or something. They're not sure. 
So anyway, this so for Galus Duncan, she find when they find that after they're strip searching her and all this other thing, that's what finally breaks her, and she admits to witchcraft slash fraternizing with the devil. No one quite knows why this was the final straw. She was thrown into prison and soon started naming names of other quote-unquote witches. She named eight people, I think they were all women, who in turn named more, and it snowballed until over 100 people were accused. These trials became known as the North Berwick Witch Trials. Some of the people she named, or the, who were named as witches, included Agnes Simpson, an elderly woman from Netherkeith, uh, who was also skilled in the healing arts, and a guy who goes by the name Dr. Fian, who was a school teacher from Preston Pans. <laughs> Some claim Agnes was Preston Pans. <laughs> Yeah, that's in Scotland because I've heard that one in Outlander. There was a battle there. Preston <laughs> Pans. Okay. Now they're just pointing at stuff being like, what is that? That's Preston Pans. Okay, let's name a city after that. Well, it's P-R-E-S-T-O-N. Preston. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Not pressed in Pans. But. Yeah. <laughs> but they do have a whole lot of like Fred upon Avon, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> and we do here in, in Canada because I think we have a Stratford upon Avon in Ontario that we stole from England. Because, you know, English came here. Like British and fr- French settlers are what made our country. Yay. Yeah. We were just the ones that weren't like all caught up for independence like those ones in the South. <laughs> we were like, no, nah, we'll stand our Britons. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not real good at that. I'm just—they're just at the Revolutionary War in Outlander. I'll let you know if they get to uh, how Canada was formed. Then I'll know it a lot better. Okay. <laughs> just kidding. They teach us pretty well in Canada, actually, about other countries and stuff. I don't. I didn't remember anything. <laughs> no. no. The only thing I was ever interested in was we learned about the Aztecs, and that's all I ever cared about. Yeah, they're cool. Mm, I like European history, but I find, like, as far as we learn more um, American geography than, say, Americans get taught Canadian geography and things like that. Oh, for sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, in a confession from Galus Duncan, dated from 15th December 1590, she spoke of a coven that met in Edinburgh, Edinburgh to conspire to kill King James. She herself would only admit to casting one spell, a spell placed upon the hat of the Laird of Belnard. A Laird is like a lord. Oh, okay. She only bewitched the hat. That was all she would admit to. And that was the sporting hat was cons- for Harry Potter. Exactly. <laughs> she was convicted of witchcraft. She and Bessie Thompson, one of the first batch of witches she named, were taken to Castle Hill in Edinburgh to be executed. Both women recanted their accusations against the two most prominent accused figures, um, two of the most, quote-unquote, well-known witches that were wealthy that had been accused. They were like, no, we didn't mean it about them, we, we swear. When asked why they recanted, they said that David Seaton, his son, and his other cronies forced them to accuse those women. Kind of the same way he forced you to confess through all the torture. Yeah. 
So they were clearly killed, yet David faced no repercussions for his illegal use of torture on Galus. Even though his search for Galus's witch's mark was described as tantamount to rape, because she was stripped and shaved and forcefully searched. Um, yeah, nothing happened of it. Of course not. For him. Yeah. Agnes Simpson, the strongest witch in Edinburgh, was brought before the king to answer for her supposed role in the plot to kill him. She had confessed to the plot, but then claimed the confessions had been beaten out of her. They didn't know what to make of that and believe, so she repeated some pillow talk that had gone on between King James and his queen. That convinced them she was truly a witch, and she was then executed. Oh my god. Which begs the question, was she really guilty, or did she just want to stop the torture? By getting and executed. perhaps she had some... <laughs> yeah, perhaps she couldn't take it anymore, though. It's like, she was older. So... Wow. Yeah. What? I said, oh, wow. Yeah. It was rough on them. It was so bad. Um, yeah, I think most people would admit to a lot of things. And sadly, that shit still happens when people are, like, cross-examined for a really long time and misled and asked leading questions until there's, like, a forced confession gone on. Yeah. Yeah, it's sad. So not all of them were burned alive. Many of them were garroted before burning them at the stake. It was considered more humane. So they, you know, strangle them kind of against the post. Because a garrot, I always get a little confused. It's the, the verb. To garrot is to kill someone by strangulation, typically with an iron collar or a length of wire or cord. He had been garroted with a piano wire. Or as a noun, it's a wire cord or apparatus used to strangle someone. Oh, okay. So they'd be like already tied to the post to be burned at the stake. And then they would like take a wire and from, strangle them from behind against the post before they burned okay because they were like well then at least they're like so a lot of the time that's what happened instead of being burned maybe alive. they were like unconscious yeah, or know. something then when they started burning yeah i believe they said they 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 felt it was more humane to garrot them to death first and then just burn their corpse <laughs> i glad. don't i guess it'd be quicker i i think it is a little bit more humane but glad they're thinking about humane ways still... to execute people these innocent yeah. people these mm -hmm. innocent tortured assaulted people who are just pointing fingers <laughs> at each other so that they it can stop really like yeah there's oftentimes just poor people or not well-liked people yeah. We'll kind of get to this a little bit more. So when King James of Scotland became the King of England also, he brought with him his superstitions and beliefs about witches to England. So he actually wrote a book called Demonology. I believe I read it was the only book about demons written by a monarch. Oh, wow. So that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, he wrote a book called Demonology. It basically boiled down to saying witchcraft is real 
And if you don't believe in it, then you're at best a fool, at worst, in league with the devil himself. <gasps> so one man knew James was a witch believer. You know, there's this book he wrote. So he's, he's if not a witch hunter himself, he's at least a believer. So one man accused three women of practicing witchcraft uh, against his daughter and cursing his daughter. But the man was thrown in jail. So that backfired on him. Later, King James's son, Charles, would bring about the end of the witch trials, but not before hundreds were accused of witchcraft by everyone, including some by their own children. Awful. Many, yeah, many were hanged, many were burned, uh, more people were searched roughly for their witch's marks, many, many were found, especially on elderly people. Uh, the last... One I want to talk about was called the Chelmsford Witch Trials. So a man named Matt Hopkins was known as the lead witch hunter in all of England. So after King Charles, James's son, had put a damper on the witch trials and they'd pretty much come to a stop, this guy got a hard-on for witches and witch trials and went around the country. Uh, he once sent 15 witches to the gallows in one day. He obviously received a nice fee for each witch that he brought to trial. Um, I believe it's the village's churches yeah. that were mostly paying him. And yeah, he believed he was doing God's work. So in Suffolk, England, Hopkins set his sight on an actual man of God, a vicar named John Lowes. He wasn't a very well-liked man, but he was a clergyman after all. So he was generally tolerated by his community until they printed a pamphlet saying they didn't like him, which brought the witch hunter on the scene. Wow. They printed so, a pamphlet saying they didn't like him. I love that. Yeah. That's, that's how they described it. And I was like, that's rough. Yeah. So they really did single a him out. A published pamphlet in town being like, we don't like you. <laughs> I know. At first I was like, well, they tolerated him. Then I was like, oh, no, wait. Then they then they threw him under the bus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, oh, it's sad, though. Because then um, Hopkins tortured him. Like, he was an elderly man. And he tortured him with sleep deprivation and a practice called walking, which just involved them forcing him to walk back and forth for hours, never allowed to sit or lay down until he was basically being walked like being held up because his legs couldn't keep him up anymore but they kept forcing him to walk holding him up between two oh people. my god yeah like he'd be like falling onto his knees and they would just like pick him back up it's yeah hopkins was determined to break this guy because he hopkins had never failed to extract a confession before he always got <laughs> his confession oh <gasps> Lois was still refusing to confess, which was driving Hopkins mad with rage. In the winter of 1645, he was dragged to Framlingham Castle. He was brought to the moat so that Hopkins could employ another tactic called swimming the witch, which it, you've probably heard of. It's more famous. I've heard like King James had testing written, if people yeah. float or not. That's oh, what okay. this one is. Exactly. Exactly. It's 
written about awe in demonology by King James. He had recommended it. <laughs> he asserted that, quote, by accepting the devil, the witch rejected the sacred waters of baptism, and as a result, the water would reject the witch's body, causing he or she to float. If the suspect sank, sank they were innocent yeah. and likely dead. So this was considered torture, and it was illegal, but that didn't stop Hopkins. He was determined to get his confession. So he bound Lowe's, and he was attempting to drown him, plunging him over and over into the cold water. He did not not drown, but he did break. He finally said he was a witch, but he would not admit to having any sort of pact with the devil. He just, he was a man of God, and he could not. Yeah. Say that. So the day he went to trial, 90 others went were to stand trial the same day. And before he was executed, he read his own last prayers before he died, like his last rites or whatever. I don't know if he was Catholic, but like his he read wow. his own prayers. He was badass. Yeah. But they killed him. So locals all over helped Matt Hopkins round up possible witches, throwing everyone and their dog under the bus because they don't like them and they just want to get rid of them. So they just say, yep. they're a witch. And at his at its widest, his territory encompassed more than 300 miles. All these little towns paid Hopkins to come and take people to trial. It paid well being a witch hunter. Yeah, general. in the... Um, good omens, they call it Witchfinder General. So he's like, I'm Witchfinder General. And he, he talks about... Oh, wow. That's yeah, they really talk cool. about, like, getting fees from the town. He's like, yeah, it doesn't pay as well as it used to. Like, towns used to... You were like the police. Like, towns used to give you free stuff, and they would pay you to do it. He's like, now you can't get anything. Like... He's like, look at yeah, the state of like, things these days. It used to be so good. Yeah, back in my like day. Back in his day wasn't even his day because the dude's like 60. Like, and it's like current time. Like it takes place in like oh. the 90s. So it's like, man. Okay. It's like, yeah, they haven't oh, been geez. paid good for 300 years. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty funny <laughs> the one guy that teams up with him is like do i have to bring anything and he's like bring a pair of scissors and they just sit there and cut out clips out of newspapers of people that may be witches yeah oh, he's like bring a shotgun scissors <laughs> the only weapon you need against a nice. witch a pair of scissors <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, fun fact, the parishioners of Vicar John Lowe's church refused to pay for his execution. Even though they made the pamphlets, I would assume they were the same parishioners and villagers that wrote the pamphlet about not liking him. They refused to pay for his execution. So, a different priest, John Gall, heard that Hopkins was coming to his town. Gall decided to act. He saw Hopkins for what he really was, a greedy, sad little man. Gall exposed Hopkins' misdeeds and forced confessions. And forced confessions. Yeah. Hopkins's forced confessions, sorry. By word of mouth, Hopkins fired back. In a pamphlet he called A Discovery of Witches. Oh, okay. <laughs> I 
got so excited when I heard that it was a real thing. Because <laughs> I love those books. Anyway. So, he called the pamphlet A Discovery of Witches. He prints the accusations against him about his misconduct, torture, and forced confessions. And he prints his denials and responses in the same pamphlet. This wasn't a good idea for him. <laughs> um, he staunchly denied everything, downplayed his actions. He even kept in, yeah, the accusations of torture, like I said. He thought, after all, if King James approves of it. Yeah. Uh, but before he could even be brought to justice, one way or another, he died of illness, most good. likely tuberculosis. And this one is a perfect segue to your uh, segment because Hopkins, a discovery of witches, would be referenced once again in a trial 45 years later, all the way across the ocean in a little town oh. called Salem. Well, I, I didn't come across a discovery of witches when I was doing it, but I just have no, I no. have like a. A quick explanation, because I never really knew why the Salem witch trials started. Um, before I get to my actual like case, okay. I covered. Mm -hmm. I guess it's it's. I mean, it's, now that you've heard the European side of it, it's kind of like, well, well, if people living in America are descendants of all these Europeans, or they're like not descendants of even at this time. Sorry, it's like literally people yeah. that have emigrated. <laughs> So they brought all these beliefs with them yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Are you ready for the Salem witch trials? <gasps> I'm ready. All right. So a <laughs> brief history of the Salem witch trials. Very brief. The, the <laughs> Salem witch trials occurred in colonial Massachusetts. <laughs> Between 1692 <laughs> and 1693. So I'll preface this. I thought the Salem witch trials were like a really long ordeal. I did not think it was less than a year long. For how much? Okay. Maybe that's because of the history of the yeah. European ones too. I'm like, everybody Maybe talks about the Salem mm -hmm. witch trials as like the end all be all like witch trials. It seems to be like the go to, but it was less than a year. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's way more famous, I would say, or at least here in North America. Yeah. Than the European witch um, trials. It might be because so the, the number of people that were accused was about was more than 200. So maybe that's why, like 200 that's people in one year in one town. Right. It's so concentrated yeah. in just Salem. Whereas these other ones, like Chelmsford, that was a whole area or the Berwick ones, that was like a whole yeah, region so it has to be as well. Due mm -hmm. probably to the amount of people. Um, so more than 200 people were accused of practicing witchcraft. They called it the devil's magic. And 20 people in total were executed. I would have expected a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think me too. Yeah. What so the Salem Witch Trials started due to a number of factors. So the first one can be sourced back that there was a lack of resources. After many people were displaced, 
due to the war with France in 1689. So they were just running out of food. Okay, so a bunch of people, and they arrived to yeah. the Americas after the, you said uh, the, the French war with Re France Revolution? In 1698. Or 1689. The war 1689. with France. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So right. this caused Whatever. rivalries between <laughs> families um, that made their money because of the port of Salem um, from like shipping, and then those families that made their livelihood through agriculture and farming. So there was like a huge rivalry that started. So around this time, there yeah. was controversy uh, surrounding a Reverend Samuel Paris, um, who had become Salem Village's first ordained minister in 1689. And he was disliked because of his rigid ways and greedy nature. So there was a reason to dislike him. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah I, I didn't, didn't find not, any for my vicar. I guess. <laughs> Unfortunately, they didn't make a pamphlet about this gentleman, but they probably should have. <laughs> so the Puritan right. villagers <laughs> believed all this fighting over the resources and between the families, um, and then the controversies surrounding Reverend Paris, that this was all the work of the devil, like that all of these arguments fighting was mm. the work of the devil. Of course. If it's bad, it's from the devil. Yeah, if it's there's good, no one between. it was God. So <laughs> this all came to a head in yeah. January of 1692 when Reverend Paris's daughter Elizabeth, who was nine at the time, and his niece Abigail Williams, who was 11, started having fits. So they were screaming, throwing okay. things. Um, they were uttering peculiar sounds and contorting themselves into strange positions. And a local doctor, they were nine and 11. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. I was a weirdo child. I would, I yeah. would definitely be contorting. I once laid in a baby's cradle and looked up at my mom's friend at her work and said, it used to be silver, but <laughs> oh now I'm God. green. <laughs> what does that even mean? Uh, that normal. No <laughs> I don't know. I was like nine or eleven. <laughs> You're a witch. Not a witch. It didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Not a witch. Not a witch. A local doctor blames the supernatural. Okay. Yeah. Damn that supernatural. Another girl at this time, Anne Putnam, age 11, experienced similar episodes. So, yeah. Okay, as the two girls. Yeah, so now we jump to February 29th, so a month or so later. Under pressure from the magistrates, Jonathan Corwin and John Hawthorne, um, those are the magistrates, the girls blamed three women for afflicting them with these fits. Yeah. They were under pressure. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Pressure. <laughs> uh, the three women to... hit, uh blamed were Tituba, I'm not sure how to pronounce her name, 
um, and she was the Paris's Caribbean slave. There was Sarah Good, a homeless okay. beggar, and Sarah Osborne, an elderly impoverished woman. Seems like there's a lot of Sarahs that were witches too, or maybe it was just a common name at that time as well. Name. So yeah. all three of these women were brought before the local magistrates and interrogated for several days, starting on March 1st, 1692. The one woman, Osborne, claimed innocence, as did Sarah Good, but Tatuba confessed, the devil came to me and bid me to serve him, which is never good. Yeah, she described elaborate images of black dogs, <laughs> red cats, yellow birds, and a black man who wanted her to sign his book. But was the devil wearing no. Prada? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> Cleared that they up. made 10 now. So she admitted um, to the magistrates <laughs> that she signed the book and said that there were several other witches looking to destroy the Puritans in town. And because of this, all three women were put in jail. Okay. Yeah. Throw so them all in. With the seeds of paranoia planted, a stream of accusations followed over the next few months with dozens of people from Salem and other Massachusetts villages were brought in for questioning. So that's my okay, brief history nice. on what started the Salem Witch Trials to, or I guess the three <laughs> little girls. Oh no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. In the world down. I, I was kind of shocked when I found that out. I was like, really? <laughs> like three little girls under 12 years old <laughs> caused this. Like, Chaos and order. Chaos is feminine. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're awesome. So this brings me to my case. So funny. And I think I had asked you about it before, but I don't remember if you said you had heard about it or not. It was the, it's the Giles Corey 300 year curse. Oh, no. Okay. Not yeah. So even though we're talking about the Salem witch trials and it was predominantly women being accused, I'm now going to focus on maybe one of the only guys that was accused. Well, I think it's interesting hearing about the guys. You don't hear about yeah, it. Yeah, this one always was just women. kind of interesting, I thought. So... Giles Corey was born August of 1611. It's not known when he arrived in North America, but there is evidence that he was living in Salem town as early as 1640. So that would have been when he was in his 30s. So he originally lived in Salem right. town, but later moved to, a, to nearby Salem village, now called Danvers. And he was working as a farmer. Oh, okay. And there's quite a few entries in court documents as to his behavior, which was not completely good. I would explain or I would describe it as he was an asshole. 
Um, but in those times, any accusation against someone oh. was viewed as an offense against the state, um, which I found funny that they would say it's bad to accuse people of things because that's an offense against the state. But let's accuse people of witchcraft. What? Yeah. So okay, just don't accuse yeah, them of right? any other. Let's, let's believe nine-year-olds <laughs> when they point fingers at old ladies, but yeah. We don't really get science. Let's still blame witchcraft because we can't blame ev right? everything on the gods anymore. <laughs> so Giles Corey oh, was a no. prosperous land-owning farmer in Salem, and he had been married three times. He is believed to have married his first wife, Margaret, in England, Margaret was the mother of his eldest four children, Martha, Margaret, Deliverance, and Elizabeth. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where's Constance, Prudence, and uh, Chastity? Uh, his second wife was Mary Bright, and they were married on April 11, 1664, when Corey was 53 years old. And together they had a I don't what know. happened to the first one? She did. Yeah. Um, so Corey was okay, 53 years did. old and they had a son named John. <laughs> so story picks up in okay. 1676. Corey is 65 <laughs> and he is brought to trial in Essex County, Massachusetts for allegedly beating to death one of his indentured farm workers. As I mentioned, this man was an ass. Oh. Yeah. Right, and at least he's getting brought to trial for something like that because those people yeah. are practically well, he, Yeah, he pretty well is a slave. He's indentured. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, which I think most of the time that means they get a little bit of money, but it might just even be like your house and board and you're still, yeah, yeah you're like treated like well, if, if they treat their slaves good, yeah. then you're treated good. But so, yeah, you're, yeah, exactly. There's a gentleman <laughs> named Jacob Goodale. Yeah. Um, it's also been spelled Goodell or Goodall. So I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Jane it's either Goodall. like it's G-O-O-D-A-L-E. And then it's also spelled D-E-L-L -L or D-A-L-L. So Several other he's variations. the son of Robert gotcha. and Catherine Goodale <laughs> and brother to Isaac Goodale. Um, according to witnesses, Corey had severely beaten Jacob Goodale with a stick after he allegedly was caught stealing apples from Corey's brother-in-law. And though Corey eventually sent him to receive medical attention, 10 days later, Goodale died shortly after. You know, yeah. What? So that kind of yeah. reminds me of my case a little with the vicar, or or uh, sorry, because you know people being dying before they can yeah. get so, the result. <laughs> since corporal punishment was yeah. permitted against indentured servants, Corey was exempt from the charge of murder and instead was charged with using unreasonable force. Yeah, numerous witnesses and eyewitnesses oh. testified against Corey as well as a local coroner, and he was found guilty and fined. 
story, he be, being yeah, Corey. Not the coroner, the other guy. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so I think Corey coroner, I think I got a so little... So the right, local gotcha. coroner, okay. like, testified against him <laughs> as an eyewitness. So... Right, right, Mary right, right. Okay. Corey's second wife, died in 1684, and later Corey married his third wife, who's the one, quote-unquote, we care about. <laughs> as pertaining to these witch trials. And <laughs> her name was Martha Rich. Martha was gotcha. admitted to the church at Salem Village where Giles had lived. Um, at the time of the witch trials, Corey was 80 years old and living with Martha in the southwest corner of Salem Village in what is now Peabody. Yeah, keep that in mind. 80, wow. Yeah, in the 1600s, end of the even. 1600s, this dude is 80. Wow, yeah. he probably looks a hundred. So Martha, <laughs> yeah, oh he my probably gosh, probably. <laughs> so, wasn't there a character in Game of Thrones called I One don't Two? Remember. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> So Martha Corey was arrested for witchcraft. I don't really know who accused her or how that came about. But she was accused of witchcraft on March 19, 1692. And Corey was so swept up by the trials that he initially believed the accusations against his wife and even testified against her until he himself was arrested based on the same charge on April 18th, a month later, along with Mary Warren, Abigail Hobbs, and Bridget Bishop. How does that work? Also, Bridget Bishop, they do use her okay. name in A Discovery of Witches. Just saying. But, yeah. What the hell? So he can yeah, give testimony a, against now her, he's a but warlock. then... Or a wizard. They, they call him a wizard. Yeah. Right. Did they... Oh, okay. But it's like... I'm assuming they didn't find any evidence in the same way that nowadays no. we'd be required to Back have then, evidence. just point a finger and that's good enough. Yeah. Yeah. So the following day, <laughs> um, all these individuals were examined by authorities along with Abigail Hobbs, accusing Giles of being a wizard. Corey denied the accusations and refused to plead either guilty or not guilty. So he was sentenced to prison and subsequently arraigned at the September sitting of the court. So I have a quote from the deposition in 1692 of Mercy Lewis versus Giles Corey. Holy shit. Yeah, it says, I, so okay. this is old timey and will not make sense. <laughs> I read it like 15 times and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense. They contradict themselves halfway through the paragraph. <laughs> so it says, I saw the nice. apparition <laughs> of Giles Corey come and afflict me, urging me to write in his book. And so he continued most dreadfully to hurt me by times beating me and almost breaking my back till the day of his examination being the 19th of April. 
And then also during the time of his examination, he did afflict and torture me most grievously and also several times since, urging me vehemently to write in his book. And I verily believe in my heart that Giles Corey is a dreadful wizard. And for since he has been in prison, he or his appearance has come and most grievously tormented me. Yeah, so I just like that. Most grievously. They're stating oh, that until <laughs> he was arrested, he was attacking me. And then, well, so only up until, but then they go on to say, and while he was being interrogated, he was attacking me. But also after, don't forget about after. Like. Yeah. He yeah. Just, it was just, it was a lot. It was a blur. Yeah. It, all I got out of that was grievous and dreadful and she yeah. feels dreadful. And, and barely. Grieved. I barely <laughs> believe in my heart. We, we get it. It's great. Yeah. Oh, it's a whole mood, lady. Yeah. All right. That sucks, though. Not to... No. Light so of her again, in this court, Corey refused to plead either guilty or not guilty to being a, now a wizard. According to the law at the time, a person who refused to plead couldn't be tried. And to avoid people cheating justice, the legal remedy for refusing a plead was a strong and harsh punishment. In this process, prisoners were stripped naked and heavy boards were laid upon their bodies. And then rocks or boulders were laid upon the planks of wood. And this oh. was called being pressed yeah so Ooh. if it was just the rocks yeah, then you could call a it little a fancy warm, spa treatment not cold wrap you in some seaweed yeah. first <laughs> the board's not good yeah I don't want to be pressed until I make a human yeah. wine juice yeah just gonna <laughs> I say I don't want to be like a <laughs> So another quote um, yeah. from the court cool. is he was remanded to the prison from whence he came and put into a low dock chamber oh. and there be laid on his back on the bare floor naked <laughs> unless when decency forbids that there be placed upon his body as great as weight as he could bear and more that he hath no sustenance save only for the first day three morsels of the worst bread and the second day three draughts of standing water that should be alternately his daily diet till he dead or till he answered yeah like I said I'll read it what? and it sounds weird it won't make sense <laughs> well the first part just reminded sounded like a description of someone being thrown in the the hole in prison. I was picturing like, well, I just saw a picture of Christopher Maloney being thrown in the hole on Oz. Cause well, it was basically a list of pictures of Christopher Maloney's butt, Maloney's yeah. butt, you know, the guy from Law and Order SVU. <laughs> so the first part sounds like being thrown in the hole. It's cold. You're naked. You're not covered. The bread and water. Yeah. Like, yeah that's well, this like, um, what happens is they put you like they lay you on the floor and then they put the boards on top of you and then they put the rocks and boulders on there so you're naked like in between this rock sandwich I guess 
Um, unless, like, because of decency. Gross, yeah. Because you're naked. Like, they have to put something over you. Yeah. Yeah. Other than the board. Yeah. Oh. So, okay, got it. Because of his refusal Sorry, to leave like, on September 17th, Corey was subjected to the procedure of being pressed by Sheriff George Corwin, but he was strong in his refusal to plead, nor did he cry out in pain as rocks were placed on the boards. So, keep in mind, this dude is 80. Wow. Let's not forget that. So after two right. days, Corey was asked three times to enter a plea, but each time he replied, more weight. And the sheriff complied. Occasionally, the sheriff Corwin would even stand on top of the stones himself to add more weight. Um, wow. Yeah, so Robert Callis, who was a witness along with other townsfolk, later said in the pressing of Giles Corey's tongue, was pressed out of his mouth like because of the weight it would force his tongue out and the sheriff pardon like a cartoon yeah and the sheriff like a cartoon would like shove it back like push it back in his mouth yeah so there yeah sounds awful there are several accounts of Corey's last words Mm -hmm. The most commonly told one is that he repeated his request for more weight, but it's also have been said to be just more rocks. Um, But another source has it, of course, as damn you, I curse you in Salem. And. Yeah. Giles (laughs) Corey died on. More like a movie. What? It's both, either way, he's like a badass being like, or if he's to say anything, but basically like, So Corey died on September 19, 1692, (laughs) after two days of being pressed at the age of 81. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Right, I forgot he was like 80. So it was unusual for people to refuse to plead (laughs) and extremely rare to find reports of people who have been able to endure this painful form of death in silence. And since Corey refused to plead, he died in full possession of his estate, which would otherwise have been forfeited to the government. Instead, it passed on to his two sons-in-law in accordance to his will. So even though we're sad about his death, keep in mind... He beat somebody to death with a Burn. stick. Yeah, don't forget about that. Yeah, that's so right. Don't feel too bad for this dude getting pressed <laughs> like a grape. I don't, because you know, <laughs> he had it coming. Yeah, you can feel. All right, we can feel bad. Medium. <laughs> don't feel too bad. Yeah. Like you said. In- my hotel yeah. case where you're like, I don't know if I should that's feel why, bad yet. That's why I started with him <laughs> oh beating God. somebody oh death, to death instead of him being pressed to death. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Corey's that. wife, Martha, <laughs> was hanged three days later 
on September 22nd, 1692. The confusing thing I found about this, so I found out about this case through it being like put on mysteries at the museum because there's a museum that has a diorama of him being pressed as an exhibit at their Salem Museum. Uh, and in that, and in the episode, sure. and even the description of that episode, Mysteries at the Museum, they said that Giles Corey was the last person executed in the Salem Witch Trials, yet his wife was hung three days after him. So, yeah. Oh, I just wanted to have that count. little <laughs> issue in our <laughs> podcast with the History Channel. Hmm. <laughs> or as they call it on the Gravity Falls, though, no. the used to be about History Channel. Um, so, Giles Corey's <laughs> wife, Martha, had had a son from a previous marriage named Thomas, and he showed up as a petitioner for loss and damages resulting from his mother being executed illegally during the witch trials. And he was awarded 50 pounds on June 29th, 1723, which didn't sound like a lot to me. So I decided to Google with inflation and conversion to Canadian dollars what that would be today. That would be approximately $20,000. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah, that's pretty <laughs> <a> good <laughs> considering how their legal system like worked in 16 or in 1723. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. And it was actually Made pretty okay then. for <laughs> like families and everything to like petition the government for loss and damages and to be awarded money that wasn't like an outlier like it was very common yeah so in 1710 oh, Corey's okay, daughter cool. elizabeth and her husband john moulton filed a lawsuit seeking damages from sheriff corwin and despite Corey's efforts to protect his estate by refusing to plead, Sheriff Corwin had extorted Corey's heirs for money. In Elizabeth's estate, or in Elizabeth's statement to the court, it read, after our father's death, the sheriff threatened to seize our family's estate. And for fear of that, we complied with him and paid him 11 pounds, six shillings in money. So that would probably be like $5,000. Oh, what is that? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. That was like a tenth of what they got. They got 50 pounds. They got 50 And bucks? they had to give this sheriff 11 pounds. Oh, pounds. Okay, yeah. So it was like, yeah, that's like a... Yeah, like pretty much. Give them like a, a fifth. Right. I'm great at math. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, yes, that's a lot. That's a big chunk of what they... Yeah, so the gruesome and, and public nature of Corey's death, cool. uh, it may have caused residents of Salem to rethink their support for the witch trials. Um, and Corey was absolved of the crime of being a wizard in 1712, although Martha was not absolved. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Aww. I can feel Poor bad Martha. for Martha. Martha, a break. Uh, <laughs> so, Free Martha. according to local <laughs> legend, the apparition of Giles Corey appears <laughs> and walks his graveyard each time a disaster is about to strike Salem. Which is kind of cool. So... Oh. Yeah, notably, he was said to have appeared the, the night before the Great nice. Salem Fire of 1914 that has destroyed 1,376 buildings and made over 18,000 people homeless or jobless in Salem. And even stranger, the fire actually started wow. near the area of Gallows Hill and Proctor's Ledge, where Corey's wife, Martha, and 18 other people were hanged for witchcraft. And it started there before it, orig- or it before it eventually spread and destroyed much of the town. Yeah. Much so, of the town. as That's well as good. that, the position of sheriff in Essex County has also said to have suffered from the curse of Giles Corey. As the holders of that office, since George Corwin, oh. the sheriff that executed him, had either died or resigned as a result of heart or blood ailments. Four years after Corey's death, Sheriff Corwin suddenly died of a heart attack at just 30 years old. Yeah. So I don't know how common. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know if it was more or less common That's, yeah. in like the late 1600s as it would necessarily be perceived now, but yeah, it's still really young to die. Yeah, yeah. still uncommon but for keep a in mind that, that at like, mm-hmm. what? So Sheriff Corwin was 26 when he had this 80 year old man pressed to death, which also sucks. Kid was probably just on a power trip. Right getting to be sheriff at 26 yeah like yeah i guess i mean it depends how stressful you're yeah and that could be a stressful job that could lead to i don't know yeah. maybe stress so stress local legends suggest that cory would not uh, only cursed corwin but every salem sheriff since 1692. so yeah in 1978 wow. um cool. the ghost of Corey materialized before local sheriff Robert Cahill suffered sudden ailments. Cahill looked into the history of the sheriff's office and described in the book Cursed in New England. I don't know if this is his book or not. I think it, I can't remember if it was or not. Um, But in the book Cursed in New England, about 300 Mm -hmm. years later in 1978, Robert Cahill, while in office, suffered a rare blood disease, a heart attack and a stroke in one year. So yeah, doctors could not find the cause of his afflictions. Holy crap. And he was forced to retire as sheriff of Essex County and as master and keeper of the jail. That's a great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, today wow. he lives yeah, in Florida. Much better than Warden. I don't know why that's in there, <laughs> but why not? Uh, Mr. Cahill. Yeah, Mr. Cahill notes that the oh, sheriff okay, before so him survived. also contracted a serious blood ailment okay. while in office, and it forced him to retire. He, in turn, so the gentleman that 
was there before him, got a blood ailment, was forced to retire. The guy that worked there before that gentleman had inherited the post from his father after the elder man had died of a heart attack while serving as sheriff. The previous sheriff had suffered heart problems as well, and so have all the others as far back as I could trace, he says. And the two men who have followed me, so since he had to leave and resign in 1978, um, the two men that have followed me have had an awful lot of legal trouble. Mm -hmm. I didn't get more into that. Yeah. Um, oh, so the curse was said to have been broken when the sheriff's <laughs> office was moved from Salem to Middleton, so that's outside of the city limits, in 1991. And since the move, yeah, since the move, no wow. sheriffs have been diagnosed with any heart yep. conditions or blood <laughs> ailments. So, yeah. Wow. It's like someone with blood magic. Mm. Yeah. So in <laughs> 1953, Cor Giles Corey was featured as a major character in Arthur Miller's play, The Crucible, in which he is depicted as a violent and quarrelsome man. Yeah. Two other plays were also written exclusively oh. about Giles Corey during the 19th century. One of them is Henry Wadsworth Longfellow's 1868 play titled Giles Corey of Salem Farmers or of Salem Farms, and the other is Mary E. Wilkins Freeman's 1893 play titled Giles Corey Yeo Man. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, it's just Y E O M A N. Yeo Man. I have no idea. Uh, both plays, <laughs> and this is what I didn't like. All right. Both plays depict so cool. Corey as a tough old man willing to sacrifice his life in protest against the unfair actions of the court. Which no. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. That's one way to put a yeah. spin on it. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Like when you know something happened and you read about it, and yeah, you're like, we're oh, like, that article it, was one way to look at it. Like, yeah. yeah, he's not yeah. a tough man willing to sacrifice his life. <laughs> like, you don't know if that's what he was like or not oh, 200 yeah. years later. He was, yeah, at 80. He was clearly stubborn uh, as fuck. So, <laughs> Yeah. So as I so mentioned, the curse of Giles Corey is also people. covered in <laughs> Mysteries at the Museum in episode one of season 22, which is one of my favorite shows. I love that show. Um, and it features the Salem Witch Trial Museum and their diorama okay. of the execution of Giles Corey. Yeah, it's like life-sized. It's crazy. <laughs> love a good diorama. Yeah. So Corey is believed to have died in a field adjacent to the prison that held him in what later became Howard Street Cemetery in Salem, which opened in 1801. His, his exact grave location in the cemetery is unmarked and unknown. Um, Giles Corey Memorial marker is located at the Salem Witch Trials Memorial in Salem, Massachusetts. One more time. Giles and Martha Corey 
also have two memorial markers at their former farm near Crystal Lake in Peabody. Crystal Lake? And that's the end oh, of my case. That's a different horror story for another day. No. <laughs> uh, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I like that. That's, yeah, that's not very, like, well-known. That's not what I think of when I think of Salem Witch Trials. I think of the, yeah. the little girls that made the accusation. That's you kind of have to. Famous cover but, all of that yeah. to get to like this actual like documented 300 year old curse well hopefully everybody learned a little something and it was a little bit you know different yeah. take on witches than your typical sure. <laughs> same, old, same old yeah that's awesome i i wondered did we say at the top when we were talking about our patreon episode what it was about did we remind everybody again i can't remember or did we just say our Patreon episode is dropping with episode four? I don't remember mentioning it. Because if we didn't, I will just yeah. say that it's government secret effing project. <laughs> Which is a really yeah. cool thing to go down the rabbit hole on, I think. So I think you guys will really like it. And I think it'll be worth your while. It's going to be a long one. Yeah. And anything, any Patreon support we're going to... Yeah, and just a reminder, any Patreon support, we're going to put money back yeah. into the podcast to, you know, keep improving it for you guys. So, yeah, yeah. we hope you'll join our Illuminati. <laughs> so our episode after this one is going to be Russian true crime, because we already did Canadian true crime. So we're thinking about doing like an international yes, like around the did. world true crime thing where we like maybe like once a month or so like pick a country and pick a couple cases from there yeah yep yeah and then we can yeah when we learn a little maybe a little bit about the country along the way and I know yeah. Ressa my sister's gonna be excited that we're doing Russian one oh that's cool uh, knows how to speak a little bit of Russian. <laughs> and thank you for listening. We appreciate it. We appreciate you, all your yes. support. Please rate and review if you have a moment. It all right. Really help us out. <laughs> all yes. right. Bye bye. Catch you next time. This has been Castles and Cryptids. You can listen to our podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. Our episodes are also uploaded to our YouTube channel. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page to view all of our tiers. Become a Patreon supporter today to unlock monthly bonus episodes and behind-the-scenes content. You can also take our poll and let us know what kind of bonus content you'd like to see in the future. On our website, you can listen to all of our episodes as well as view pictures for each of our segments. Our music is by Kobe Offair. Thanks for listening.